Welcome to Classroom Crush, and yes, it is Corona edition, COVID edition, quarantine edition. What is this, like the fourth or fifth episode I've done? Um, well, whilst, whilst quarantined, um, folks, it's been gray out, and gray inside, actually, I guess, inside of my body. Um, and, you know, it's like when you're doing pandemic and you are stuck in your apartment and the weather is consistently terrible. Weirdly enough, that does things to, hmm, I don't know, mental health, uh, how you're feeling as a person in the world. Um, so, you know, we're dealing with that. But thankfully, I decided to bring back my dang podcast called Classroom Crush, which is about childhood crushes and how they inform the way you view love and relationships. Do I sound like I'm uh at an airport you know like uh and now we're boarding group a uh <laughs> group a i don't know what else i was gonna say <laughs> now we're boarding silver class <laughs> um anyway <laughs> okay guys uh i'm being fine and being normal actually and I'm really excited um, for this episode. I talked to Mary Beth Barone. You know that because you read the freaking thing. That's who cares? Whenever podcasters are like, here's the guest, but you knew that because you read that. It's like, who cares? Like, why do we say that thing? And I just did it and I hate myself and I'm just calling it out right now. Um, but yeah, this is a great episode. Mary Beth is like super open and candid and cool. And I feel like mm, if you don't have a crush on Mary Beth, I don't get you. And yeah, no, I'll shut the fuck up now so we can listen to this friggin' episode. Let's call Mary Beth Barone. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm podcasting in bed you know podcasting in bed things could be worse it's true i am having a podcast beer but i also just remembered (laughs) i just remembered that like sometimes alcohol can make your skin bad (laughs) i was like oh i was like i feel like my skin has been really bad lately and i'm like oh maybe it's because i've been inside and then i'm like no yeah because i've been drinking excessively (laughs) yeah but here's the good thing about that is that you have you have months to get it back to where it was. Yeah. There's no rush. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm just... There's absolutely no rush. Going with the flow of it, you know? How are you? Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to podcast? I'm record. I'm fully recording I'm right now. I'm recording without your permission. Oh, I'm ready, girl. Can you believe that? No, no, no. You, you, have, you have my consent. I'm so illegal right now, but thank you. <laughs> Is that a phrase? I'm so illegal right now. <laughs> If it's not, then it's gonna be. I love that. We're starting new crazes in um in in April twenty twenty. April twenty twenty. We made it. We made it to April and that's that's huge. That is honestly huge. And what's even more even huge is that I have you, Mary Beth Barone, on my podcast right now. Hi, Mary I'm Beth here. Barone. How are Hi. you? How's how I'm, wait, let me let me introduce you better. Okay, hold on. Mary Beth okay, Barone. Okay comedian so funny and you love her right yes well thank you so much for saying that i'm so happy to be here on the podcast it's gonna be great first of all can you tell me mary beth what's going on with you in quarantine in relation to flirting and romance how are we feeling what's going on how's your quarantine going? Um, is it flirtatious you know we're feeling good i i think it's it's gonna be a it's a wild time for people right now because i think everyone is really horny and no one can touch anyone so um, i'm shouting out all the people who are in relationships right now in quarantine with their significant others which um does apply to all five of my older siblings they're all (laughs) either married or in committed relationships and i'm so happy for them (laughs) but i do think it's it's a strange time and whatever people have to do to get through this time there is no judgment everyone's doing their best and I'm getting a lot of questions from people about flirting during the quarantine, dating during the quarantine. I I do believe that this is forcing people to be a little more creative with romantic gestures and things like that. And yeah. also, like, I think there's going to be a contingent of people who are lonely in the quarantine and realizing that maybe they do want relationships 
when ah, all is said and done. So people I'm who are like, I'm so independent. Happens. I'm so independent, but actually this feels bad to be alone right now. I think, yeah. And for, for better or worse, I do think we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of breakups and a lot of people getting together, which we love to see. We do love to see. Do you love to see? Are you, tr- what, what's happening with you? Are you flirting or are you like taking time? Are you, um, how, how's your am, own horniness manifesting in these times? <laughs> listen, I am currently in, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not something I, I'm not at liberty to, to say. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Just checking. Just checking in. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? I okay. think that makes sense. Just checking in. Just checking in, you know? See what seeing yes. what the vibe yes. is. Um because, yes. you know, my, my thing is I'm like, I want my quarantine romance to be exciting. I want I want one. I do well, want what's, one. What's your what's your deal? What's going on? You're on the apps? What are you are you browsing? What's what's going on? I mean, I've I've redownloaded, I've browsed and it's bleak and I, I mean there was a period where I was talking to a David and a Dave um on a on, on, on for a weekend and uh yes. both faded out and that's fine and I cuz I did not uh care for it. <laughs> and so I'm like I'm, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm dipping into the already dipped pools. Do you know what I mean? Like Okay, you're you're reduced re, you sometimes you have to reduce reuse and recycle. Yes. Boys. Exactly. That's I'm like maybe this maybe this high stakes moment is what makes you know, this person that I've been aware of for a long time actually decide, Hmm, maybe I'm in love with Rebecca. (laughs) Right. And that could honestly happen. Anything's possible in the quarantine. That's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to be optimistic. You know, it's been bleak the last couple of days, but, but the sun is shining today. And, and maybe that means that, you know, really what it is, 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 is I can be so, I need to weigh out the the dm sliding that i'm doing i kind of like like i think i've been sliding a lot and i need to now let okay. others slide you know because i will What's your exhaust strategy on the, on the slide in it's strategy? it's bad <laughs> my strategy is not okay. good um got it got it got it it's mostly like I, I, I'm just like, remember I'm here. Hi, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like figuring out a reason to say something to you. Um, sure. but now I'm going to try and take a step back, but that's what, what always feels bad is when you take a step back and you're like, okay, now it's time to let him come to me. And then he like does it. And I'm like, Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. That feels well, great. There's an ebb and a flow. There's an ebb and flow. And some weeks you're going to feel more bold and like you want to be proactive and other weeks, you know, you take the back seat and say, Jesus, take the wheel. We're yes. going to see how this goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to try and do. Um, but Good. I also, I, I was, I was talking this, about this with my roommate like yesterday or whatever day there, there are some time, like now I feel like there's, there's, there's an energy, you know, um, where any DM can mean anything. Right. But totally. I realized that a lot of times, even if I don't want to, um, pursue anything with someone sometimes I just want to tell someone that they look hot you know and I'm like and that's totally fair you should be able to do that thank you I agree but I'm just like how do I do that in a way that does not make them think that I'm trying to you know make them love me I mean I just do it and I try to do it in a funny way you say hey I'm not trying to make you love me but you look hot here okay that's so you're so smart (laughs) I mean, it's just radical transparency 2020, I've been saying. Okay, okay. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I have you today. You know, like, I feel like I'm going to come I'm out of this conversation. I'm here to encourage you. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. Have you always been an expert in love? <laughs> Clearly, you're an expert in love. Have you always been an expert it's in love? It's so funny that people say that because I am, I've been single for four years. I mean, the, hmm. to be an expert and people keep calling me an expert in dating, I'm like, I'm an expert in getting screwed over, if that's what you mean. I mean, I know, like, I've done a lot of reflecting and work on myself to know, like, what my issues are in relationships. And I think it is relatable to other people. So I guess that in that way, yeah, I'm an expert. Because I've actually like put time into figuring out, like, what my deal is. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... Have you always been, like, like, love inclined, though? Have you always been, like, a crush... Yes, I've had crushes since as long as I can remember. I mean, I had crushes in, in like, 
early, early school years, like maybe even kindergarten. I mean, I remember in like first or second grade, I had major crushes on boys in my school. Like I cut their picture out of the yearbook in the shape of a heart and like made a collage type of deal. I mean, I've always been, yeah, I've just always been kind of like boy crazy and, and had crushes on, you know, celebrities and stuff, but then definitely in my own in my own life, people who were accessible to me. In in I went to Catholic school from pre K ah. to eighth grade and so it was very small classes and there were obvious, you know, hotties that everyone kinda had a crush on. Sure. And then things really opened up in high school when I went to the public school and there was a lot of different I mean it was like a whole instead new of world. like forty kids in a grade, it was it was three hundred kids in a grade. Yeah. So that was a lot more and then there, you know, there were other high schools, there was the all boys like Jesuit school that I sort of talked some people from that school in my confirmation class which was the source of a lot of crushes and yeah you know it's been a long history and I think only recently I've taken stock of my romantic experiences since I started kissing boys and mm-hmm. it's been a lot of uh turmoil a lot of disappointment so oh yeah <laughs> just trying to figure out how that's shaped my view of dating in the present exactly this is this is this is what we're here this is what we're here to talk about do you remember like your first um your first like big one that was like that felt like life-changing to you of a crush maybe because of a rejection Um, or because of like a new type of person or like you going for it or what I guess I remember like on my water polo team there was a boy named Jimmy, who I just thought was, like, the cutest guy I'd ever seen. And I was so obsessed with him. I think I was in middle school, so, like, maybe 12 or 13, probably 12. And I just remember I would do anything to, like, be near him. He seemingly had no personality traits to speak of. (laughs) I mean, he was, like, the the female romantic lead in those rom-coms, just no designing characteristics. Yeah, just attractive. Yeah. And I don't remember anything else about him, to be honest. I have no idea where he is today. But I did write <laughs> in my journal about him. I have the journal entry, if you want me to read it. Oh, absolutely. This is from January 10th, 2013. So I was 12. Or no, sorry, 2003. 2003. <laughs> um, 2013 was not that long ago. Um, okay. Dear journal, I have a crush on this really hot guy named Jimmy. He's from my water polo team. I just love him. He's so cute, tall, ripped, and shy. <laughs> I really like him. But he is sort of sending me signals like he looks at me a lot and sometimes smiles at me. But I always look at him. He's so cute. It's hard not to. Well, I really don't know what to do. Should I hide it and wait to see if he might make a move? Or should I tell him first? I don't know. Crushes are hard to deal with. End <laughs> of entry. Wow. Crushes are hard to deal with. End of entry. <laughs> yeah. So you can, I mean, you can see I've always kind of been a hopeless romantic. Yes. And I think <laughs> I suppressed that for a while after my last relationship because I really wanted to get out and experience new things and sleep around and see kind of what that side of dating had to offer. And But all the while, I've, I've been a hopeless romantic, you know, in my core. And I mm-hmm. think... That is just who I am. Did you end up, um, did anything end up happening with that guy? Did you, did, did you wait for him to make a move or did you tell him first? Oh, absolutely nothing happened. Of course. I mean, I think in my mind, I was like maybe on a water polo trip, like when we're playing a team in another state or something, yeah. maybe something could happen, but so we were, you were so like, young. I mean, yeah, you were narratively driven in the I crush. I didn't shit about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I told my friends. He maybe told his friends, which was how the channel of communication worked at that age. But nothing, nothing happened. Nothing to speak of. And I don't know where he is now, but I hope he's well. (laughs) Jamie, we hope you're doing all right. That hope you're safe. You're socially distancing. Hope you're being safe. Self isolating. Yes. Yes. And hope you're healthy. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, so you, what does romance look for you when you're younger though? Like, what does that look like for you? What, what is, um, the perfect example of like romance to you? Is it, does it come from movies? Is it like in your own head? What are you looking for? I think it did come from movies and that was being a young queen in the early 2000s was a really weird time because things were changing so much. Like 
AOL Instant Messenger was huge when I was in high school. So there was a whole new way to kind of like contact people and, you know, or not. So I remember, I mean, yes, I watched a lot of rom-coms as a, a, a child and like adolescent. So I think that definitely shaped like my idea of what a picture perfect romance kind of looked like, which yeah. was always just so far from what it was in person. But I remember like on instant messenger, you could just stay up talking to people for till the all hours. And, you know, my parents wouldn't even know. So yeah. I had a crush on someone named Tommy from my confirmation class who ended up, you know, we made out on my swing outside my house because she lives in the neighborhood. Oh, that wow. was all very, that all seemed very romantic for a while. And like, we were super flirtatious, but he was a teenage boy. So then, you know, we would talk till 2 a.m. on Messenger. And then I would be in a confirmation class and he wouldn't even look at me. Of it course. was that type of deal. So yeah. all it's- very fun. And then I, I had a big, big high school crush on someone named Andy. Who Ooh, I used to just wait and wait. I used to wait for him to log on to Instant Messenger and just try desperately to come up with any reason to talk to him. Was he, he was a two friend? Grades older, like, so was, oh, okay. So he was on the swim team and I was on the swim team. Okay. The second swim team crush. We love proximity yeah, so crushes. a lot of water sports. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard because you're in bathing suits, so you're like, oh, he's like hot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, pretty, it sounds ideal, you know? You're just like, okay, well, that's what we're working with. We love it. We love to see it. Um, so would you ever try to talk to him? Like, were, were you, would you talk on swim team? Like, or were you shy? Like, what was your vibe when you were younger? Like in high school? I think you broke up a little bit there, but I think you're asking if I would talk to him. We definitely would talk like when we crossed paths at practice and stuff. And I, yeah, I, I was pretty forward about that one. Like I was pretty openly had a crush on him. And then I remember at my friend's Sweet 16, when I was a sophomore and he was a senior, we did end up making out in the grass. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, wait. I need to know more about this. So would you would you end up talking to him on on um, Instant Messenger? Like, what would you what would what reasons would you find to talk to him? I remember he used to put Red Hot Chili Peppers lyrics in his, <laughs> um, <laughs> his bio. And so I became obsessed obsessed with the red hot chili peppers and danny california which is an album i cannot listen to now but <laughs> it came out during that time yes. and i remember listening to it incessantly and like putting lyrics as my profile and like you know just yeah trying to i don't even remember what his email or his uh mess- instant messenger uh handle was but yeah i would definitely like start combos on there and just try to chat and chat so were you the kind of girl who would like zero in on a crush and then be like okay the way I make him like me is just like to become him because I did that a lot (laughs) just like I'm just gonna be exactly like you and adopt your stuff adopt your interest I definitely did that more when I was younger but obviously now it's more of like a mature thing where he's like someone you want to like so mm. interested in what they're interested in in a more blatant way as opposed to doing it like more on the DL. But yeah. I, I would say, yeah, I would, I would pick up on what they liked and try to try to research it. So we had some similar points of reference, but and is yeah, that the way you're back on my like, yeah, well, cause I think having caught like points of reference is really important in flirting and you know, that's, that's just putting in the work. Doing yes. your homework. Yeah, yeah. So you guys, w- would you stay up late night talking to him? Him not as much. He didn't give me as much on Messenger as I as probably you, wanted. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would talk to Tommy till all hours. Then David, we would flirt a lot. He was more. He was my friend too. Yeah. We just flirted a lot and then ended up making out after a dance at one point. Oh my god! So yeah, you're making I've, out. What's what's leading you to well, these makeouts? A lot of flirting, a lot of groundwork. Um, sometimes mutual, like with Tommy and David, it definitely was mutual. And I, I had a lot of crushes in high school. I mean, thinking about it now, and I, I'm proactive. I was never afraid to like mm-hmm. jump and maybe not land on my feet. So texting first and making that contact and 
putting in the work, I was never like afraid to do that. What, like, what made you unafraid of that? Do you think? Were you just, just like, stupid? I don't know, <laughs> but it wouldn't like, would it affect you if it didn't work out? Like what, what is, how is rejection playing in to the way that you like continue flirting if you were being rejected at all? I think it just depended on the situation, how much, like, how, how high the stakes were. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with someone like Andy, the stakes were high because I just liked him for so long. But then, you know, there's someone else I made out with at a, a different 316. And I remember I was, like, <laughs> excited to see him at school the following week. And when we saw each other, it was very almost like, you know, nothing had ever happened. So sure. I didn't care so much about that one. But, like, with Andy, I definitely was, like, wondering when it would happen again and then when it never did I was like a little bummed so how did it so so you made out with Andy at another your friend's sweet 16 how did that unfold yeah or is there drinking at these parties or is there is is this like we we definitely drank before and would be like a little buzz (laughs) and then I, there was a lot of dancing, a lot of grinding. Oh, yeah. One of my very good friends, Henry, I made out with at a sweet 16. <laughs> he went to a different school. We never we never met before. Now we're good friends. Okay. I had a big crush on him. I actually invited him to my prom junior year. We didn't have a sophomore prom. But junior year, he was my prom date. And I liked him a lot. And then at prom, he kind of developed a strong feeling for one of my friends. No. So that was hard to deal with. Yeah, that was tough. Had that happened to you before? That's like my classic narrative is my crushes falling for my friends. Was that? I, not that I recall. Not that I recall. Like that, that was the first major incident for sure. And how did that, how, like, how did that, did they end up dating? How'd that play out? I don't think they ended up dating. I think they may have made out a couple of times, but I, we, I, I have like made out with him since then. Like mm-hmm. we're just, it was tough to deal with at the time because I, I really liked him. But now that we're just friends, like he's great and I love him. I think just in high school, those feelings are so strong. It's like hard to, it's hard to deal with. It's like a blow to your ego a little bit that like, oh, I'm not the right fit. But this, you know, yeah. my friend is. But it would never stop you from going for it. Because me, I, I would be like paralyzed with fear a lot of times, um, like through my rejection. I'm you just know? like... I think growing up with, I have five siblings and growing up with two brothers closest to me in age, and Mm. I've talked about this before, I think it just gave me like some kind of like male confidence where I was just like, whatever, like, Like, if I don't try, I'll never know. So just like take the leap. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Did you, um, with, with Andy, were you like trying to pursue him after you guys made out? Like, was this like you were trying to make him your boyfriend type thing? I knew he was going to, this sweet 16 was in May. And I know that because her birthday is near my birthday. Mm-hmm. And I knew he was going to college the following um. year, like, you know, after summer. But so I don't think it was a boyfriend situation, but I was like, I definitely wrote on his Facebook wall something flirty and I don't think he ever wrote back or he maybe like liked it or I don't remember but it was yeah there was it was a dead end so to speak it's so funny how like I mean as long as social media exists like I mean the platforms change and the languages change but like the there's like so many basic things that are still the same you know like like if I if I like slide into a guy's DMs and he like only likes it and I'm like cool I want to die now and it's like same know, shit when like, you would post on someone's Facebook wall though posting on someone's Facebook wall was so deranged because of how public it was you know like well we didn't have I I don't know if we had Facebook messaging at the time no but yeah, yeah no it is completely psycho to do that. I've looked back and like gone through some archives of, you know, just like old wild, wild west, like Facebook times and just like the shit that I was saying on guys walls and the shit that they were saying on my wall. It's just like it ma- I feel so embarrassed. I feel so embarrassed that I was just doing you this. You could literally leave a video. You could leave a video on someone's wall. It's oh, yeah. Like I used to do that. OK, right. you know what my disgusting thing was that I still like uh, I think about it and it really I mean, I'm not embarrassed by much because um, I can like 
I feel like I can own it most of the time. But just like the period of time where we were all just like posting videos on each other's walls of us just like listening to a song. <laughs> I was just like truly put on a boy's wall, just like <laughs> listening to this song that we both like. <laughs> and it's like yep. kind of lip syncing, like terrible. Yeah, no, that happened. It's just, it was a point in time, certainly. With some weird, like, some stupid, like, photo booth effect, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yep, put yourself in a fish tank and all that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's also, well, late night, like, instant messenger is, is kind of, I feel like, what, like, quarantine DMing is becoming, too, though, you know? Yeah, I know. It's truly the wild west. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a boyfriend, like, you know, capital B boyfriend in high school? Or in middle school? I then? did my senior year. Well, actually, that's not fair. I dated my friend Jake freshman year, which mm-hmm. was a big drama in my family because my mom didn't want anyone to date until we were 16. But Jake and I only dated for like three months, and we, he's gay and now one of my best friends. So <laughs> Cla- that worked out Classic for the best. story, yeah. Classic. And then I dated someone senior year who was very sweet, and we dated, you know, I guess, from like December, because I remember I got my tonsils out senior year, and he came over and like felt so bad, Cute. and he like laid with me and watched a movie or something. And then we dated until I think like mid end of summer of senior year before college. Yeah, and he was so such a great first boyfriend. He was so nice. We would go to dates to this like sushi restaurant near his house all the time, and. We did a lot of making out, a lot of watching movies, and, like, it was a really, really good first relationship for me, and, like, I liked him so much. And it just ended because of, like, life, you know, because of, like, senior year or or whatever. Or how, Yeah, it was yeah. very, like, you know, we're both going to college, we want to be single type of thing. Yeah. Did you, like, were you in that relation where you, like, I love him, I'm in love? Like, when you had a crush on someone, would it develop those feelings like so in in like that intensely or was it just like I know that we're just we're like having a good time together and whatever you know like what was the vibe I would say that like the the less I actually knew the person the more I would put them on the pedestal and be like okay I'm in love with them yeah and then I would say like with with someone like my boyfriend's senior year I don't remember if we said I love you. I don't think we did, but like, you know, the feelings were strong. It was like hormones raging and, and I definitely felt very strongly. Like I remember I had to go to Ireland for a wedding Mm -hmm. this summer of like, I, we went to his prom and I think I had to like leave the next day to go to this wedding. And I remember being in Ireland and I was listening to that Carrie Hilson song (laughs) <laughs> um, called like knocks you down or whatever okay. and I, I was just listening to it on repeat I was like oh my god this is about me like oh, wow. yeah I, I just felt it was like major feels for that song yeah um so you would like then, you know be in your little fantasy like your little music video yeah yeah exactly and um you know it it did and it ended at the end of the summer but we had a lot of good times yeah did you, um, did, did you, do you remember like any, was there a common trait between the guys that you had a crush on? Like, was there a type that you ended up developing or like, what do you think they had in common if they had anything in common? I can say this with the utmost certainty. There was no commonality between any of them. <laughs> like, really? I mean, it was like, I truly don't have a type, which is good and bad, but I think why do you think that was at least then? Were you I just don't know. Like, I think I just, I'm just open-minded, I guess. And mm-hmm. I like, I just like, I like people and yeah, Were you I don't know. kind That's of person of like, oh, been. I have all this like love to give and I'll just like throw it to, you know, whoever seems deserving and seems like a, like a connection or whatever. Like, is, is it about the love that you have, like putting it out there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I or do. Are you and looking that's kind for of that attention? Well, I think it's 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 a mix. Yeah. I'll say that much. It's definitely a mix. Um, but it's manifested in different ways as an adult. I think for a while I was going for emotionally unavailable people as an adult because I 
didn't want to be put in a position to have a boyfriend or be in a serious relationship. Um, and that was not the best for me. Like, why I'm was that pretty emotionally? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Uh, why were you not looking for that? Do you think? Like, why were you putting yourself in that position? Um, I think as an as an well, I know as an adult, I've had two serious relationships, and both times I was like younger than the guy, and I really just kind of lost all sense of self in the relationship, and just kind of took on whatever they were interested in, and and I didn't mm-hmm. really have like my own life. Yeah, and then when I started doing comedy. I realized that and then broke up with the boyfriend that I lived with and kind of decided I just want to figure out who I am. Yeah. And in order to do that, I needed to be single. So you think, so you think like up until then, did you just kind of like define yourself a lot via like the crushes that you had then or. Yeah. And how happy I was depending on how much attention they were giving me, I would say. Got it. So yeah. that's not a great way to go through life. No, totally. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've had obviously like millions of fucking crushes and they were like, I mean, I truly think of the only time that I was not like the, the, my crushes were not like the whole entire center of my world it was like maybe when I was very intensely like dancing when I was younger and I was like that I was like oh yeah mm-hmm. I was like dancing 10 hours a week and I truly think I like like when that stopped I had like no, like nothing to like ground myself in any way you know right. um and I I mean I would get wrapped up in like the fantasy but not do anything about it you know um, I was, well, I was like listen, a best friend. Sometimes you do stuff about it. Sometimes you don't. Yeah. And I would say there's something to be said for, for both sides. Did you find yourself in situations ever of like, um, did, were you ever like taken it, like your emotional availability, was that ever like taken advantage of like when you were younger? Um, like I call it fake, fake girlfriend. Were you ever like fake girlfriend to someone? I would say for my dating history up to now, it's been very much either I'm dating a person full on, which has happened with, you know, three people at, at this point, yeah. and, or we are truly just hooking up and that's it. Like, uh, I've, ne- yes. I've had, I have friends who get in these situations where it's like, we're sort of, they're sort of dating, but not really, but they don't define it, but they don't know what they are. And mm-hmm. it goes on for maybe three months and then it ends like amicably. Yeah. And I've never, I've never really, I mean, there's been friends I've hooked up with and they've kind of leaned on me emotionally, but not in a way that felt like I was being taken advantage of necessarily. Yeah. So I've never, I haven't, I don't know. I haven't really experienced that. With hooking up though, I'm, I'm like, cause I, yeah, I'm interested in that. With hooking up, when you're just hooking up with someone, does that, um, I've, I've found that I've had to sort of like recontextualize my relationship with sex because of when I would be like, oh, I'm just hooking up with this guy and I'm just hooking up with them and whatever. And like trying to put meaning back into like sex or hooking up or whatever. Did that ever happen to you? Did you like, or, or, or were you able to like truly like separate it? Do you know what I mean? I was able to separate it up to a point and then I decided it wasn't making me happy anymore yeah and I felt like I was just you know spreading myself a little bit too thin and not really making people work for it so I remember at the end of 20 like middle of 2018 I decided I didn't want to do one night stands anymore so Mm -hmm. I tried to be you know more um like hold myself accountable for when those things did happen but then I, I actually got sexually assaulted in the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when I really took a step back and said, you know, obviously this isn't my fault, but did I put myself in a position where this could happen by hooking up with someone I didn't really know that well and, mm-hmm. you know, putting myself physically in a place where it wasn't that hard for him to take advantage of me. And then I took about six months off from having sex and I just really wanted to date and maybe kiss people but not you know be sleeping around and then that lasted about two months where I was kind of really trying to go on first dates and meet people who 
I wasn't just like sleeping with immediately. And then I pretty much stopped that. And I just didn't really have sex from like January to June of last year, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. And And that helped me just kind of put a little bit more meaning into having sex because I wasn't just like diving into it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird because I, 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 I sort of like do the same thing. I go through cycles of it, of like, like hooking up and then like, like having that like time off of, you know, not doing that and not, and, and trying to like look for something more. But it's weird when it's, it's weird. Cause like, I feel like so many of my friends and their like beautiful, gorgeous relationships were like they went on a date and they hooked up that night and then bada boot and then off to the races, you know? And well, I think it's just it's it's impossible to compare yourself to anyone else in yeah. any relationship, even though we do it constantly. Totally. Most of my friends from high school have been dating their significant others for, you know, five to ten years. Some of them are still with their high school sweethearts, if not that people they met in college and then even still more recently, five years they've been dating. It's like, mm-hmm. we just have completely different lifestyles. We have completely different priorities and we have completely different like things we're looking for out of a relationship. So I try really hard not, I'm so happy for them, but I try not to spiral and be like, well, why isn't this happening for me? Cause I know why it's not, you know? Yeah. Because you're different in your life and your circumstances and everything. It's all exactly. different. Yeah. All what different. do you, what do you think you um do you think you look for some of the similar things that you were looking for when you were younger like na- now as an adult um like how 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 is how have your desires and like romance changed or or stayed the same I think at its core it's the same in that it's someone who gives me I know butterflies is like cliche or whatever but it's like you just get a feeling it's like yeah. You know, when you when you see your friend texting their crush, there's just a very specific smile they have on their face yeah. that they are doing completely, like, subconsciously. They, they don't even know that they're doing it. And it's people who kind of give me that feeling that I'm like, that's why I think it has been such a variety of people because I'm really just looking for that feeling. And, and, it, and you it can't just, really trace yeah, where it people, comes from? Like, what's going to Yeah, give it to or, you? like, why I'm excited about that person. But... I mean, you know, I don't know if there's, you know, similar traits between like my crush from first grade and, you know, mm-hmm. my crush in the present, but I guess that feeling has always kind of been there. Cool. I want that. That's so fun. Yeah. I feel like it's been a minute since I've had that like exciting feeling, you know, and it is like, it is well, addictive. the good thing is it will happen again. That's one thing I know. I always think it's, you know, it's never going to happen again. And then it just does. Sure. Sure. Well, that's why, I mean, I, I, I think like it's funny to be a very like boy crazy crush person. Cause it's like, yeah, that feeling is addictive, but also like the come down, I don't know for you, like, w- like the come down of that for me would be pretty harsh. Like it, it, it would, it would be like, Oh, end of the world. But it sounds like you would pick yeah, yourself up. Like, would it, would it be like a, um, you can get over it on your own or is it like, Oh, I need a new, a new crush to like, to, to, you know, take over for that part of your brain? Um, I'm like, I think it really, I've had to just learn how to get over it without having someone kind of waiting in the wings. Obviously that usually makes it easier, but there've mm-hmm. been a lot of times where I've been like someone and, and I just know I need to get over it and I don't have anyone else that I'm thinking about or in the back of my mind. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is so situational, but it's good to get to a point where you don't need another distraction to come to come along before you can say you know what I'm completely over this person yeah yeah I mean I've seen I've seen some friends recently I think go through it where it's like they've never really truly been alone and now they're like kind of trying to be alone but like are struggling like and it's it's weird for me like I've been alone for so long you know so when I see that I'm like okay well like fucking toughen up bitch but like but exactly, I, I mean, I, I do now I've realized I value like people who are comfortable be, like, like just truly being alone. And that's like a new value that I've like learned recently, you know, 
I'm like, oh man, if you can't just like chill on your own, like I'm kind of over it, you know? But well, yeah, because then that puts a lot of pressure on their partner to like, you know, give meaning to things when you can't just kind of be alone. So yeah, I definitely have friends who are like serial monogamous, and I would consider one of my ex boyfriends who is now engaged, and I'm like so happy for him. But I would consider him to be one of those people, and some people are really happy in that yeah. kind of cycle. I'm not one of them, but if it works for them, it's just like people who like change who they are to be with someone. It's like maybe that's just what makes them happy is to like conform to whoever they're dating. And mm-hmm. if they're truly happy, I can't judge them. It's obviously working for them, but yeah. you know, I don't think it's for everyone. Is that like, um, well, cause I mean, I, that's, I don't know, like taking little bits of people's identity. It's weird. I have such of like, a love hate relationship with it because I feel like I've had, I've had weird like friendships in the past that I felt like they were like sort of nipping at my identity and I like hated it. Cause I'm like, this is all I have. Yeah, All I have is like yeah. my whole vibe. And if you take any of my vibe, like what am I going to do? But also like, I do find like if, if I take a step back from it, I think that was like a lot of just like female friendship, like competition thing. But it's like, yeah, I guess actually at its core, it is kind of romantic for someone to like love something so much about you that they like kind of like want to take a piece of it, you know? Yeah. Do you do you still enjoy that part of like getting to know someone? Is that like a thing for you? Do you see yourself rubbing off on them at all? You like too, or Yeah, I think it's, like, fun when it's mutual. I don't, Mm. I think when it's unrequited, it becomes more, like, a tragic thing, which I've definitely been in those situations a number of times. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's something exciting about someone who makes you want to, like, learn about something or watch a show or, like, have something in common with them. It all comes with, like, liking someone. And it's great when it's, a good thing and then when it's a toxic thing it's which I've all you know I've had my fair share of that as well and yeah it, it every time I've learned something I'm at the point where I I don't want to learn anything I don't want someone to come in and teach me something about my like myself I just kind of want someone to like have fun with are you do you think that's like wh- why though why why do you not want to like learn new things do you think you've only learned new things through like the sort of like more traumatic relationships, the more like damaging ones, or do you think you've learned stuff from like the nice ones too? I I mean, I, I, I feel think, like it's so, I it's so pessimistic, both. but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I'm not saying I don't want someone to come along and like teach me new things or make me have new interests or find new things that I love, but mm-hmm. I don't want someone who is going to try to ruin my life. And then in order <laughs> for me to dig my way out of it, I have to come up with some kind of lesson that they taught me. Yes. You know, like that. I'm done doing that. No, that's exhausting. I am trying to learn from the things that are nice though, but it's very hard. Yeah, it's great. It's great to do that. But it's, but I think like in the, the end, like it's still, it still takes a rejection for me to have to like really think about it, you know, and transform it in my head because I, I wish I, I'm trying to like more, now just enjoy things for what they are but I find that like you know like like if I just have like a nice night with someone you know then we could just like tuck that away as like a nice experience rather than like freaking out and being like okay well how do I make this a permanent thing in my life and then if it's not a permanent thing in my life am I gonna go crazy like yes right but I think it's yeah that just takes a lot of time and a lot of mental gymnastics and like compartmentalization at least for me yeah. To be able to do that. What do you think has changed the most about the way that you now like put yourself out there for a relationship or, or for flirting or for casual things? Like what have you learned the most from your previous crushing days that you think has changed you the most? I think I've still maintained just being like a risk taker and kind of being forward about things Mm -hmm. like if I like someone however I've become a lot more emotionally guarded and closed off just due to you know my past experiences so 
Mm-hmm. I've definitely become a lot more protective of my feelings and making or trying to be aware of what someone's intentions are. And just my biggest thing is like communication. Mm-hmm. So I make a point to be really upfront with like what I, how I'm feeling. And it's important to find someone that you feel comfortable being honest with because I've definitely been in situations where I haven't felt comfortable being honest and those ones are never good. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a mix of things. It's like being honest and being upfront, but also maybe being a little bit like if, if I'm going to open up to this person emotionally, I need to feel like I can trust them. What's and making you feel that trust? I built over time. Is that just like a, just like a feeling or is it like a way that they act? What's, what's giving you I that trust? I think it's like a, just having a mutual respect for each other mm. and like knowing that and feeling empowered that the person is going to like show up for me and not even physically, but just like, okay, if I say something vulnerable, are they going to wait six hours to text me back or not respond or, mm-hmm. you know, not kind of acknowledge that? So that's, so I have definitely put up with people who don't give me the respect I deserve, but I, again, I, I have felt a major shift even in the last like three months where I just, mm-hmm. that's not what I'm looking for. It's not, it doesn't make me feel good when that situation yeah respect is such an interesting thing to like seek out of a relationship because it's like there's not it's not like you can just put it on like a list of like oh so I'm you know I'm looking for a committed relationship a monogamous thing or whatever like like this is where I'm at sexually this is what I like this is what I don't like like it's a very weird criteria to have to like suss out if like someone is willing to give you you know I think I never realized that someone doesn't respect me until like they've done something truly bad you know I'm sure the hints are there but it's hard to find them you know and it's all in their actions that's the thing about respect is it's not what they're saying to you um Mm. because people lie it's how they treat you yeah that's but that's like I, I I feel like it's very it's also one of those things like, do I only realize what it feels like to be respected once I have actually been respected? And then you look back and it's like, oh, wait, yeah, that person didn't respect me. This person didn't. Like, I don't, definitely. I wish yeah. that there was a better way, but I don't know. Is there? Who knows? Like to just figure it out. There should be like a list of if this person does this, then they respect you. If they do, if they don't do this. They don't respect you. Then they do not respect you. Absolutely. What's like, what's the time that you felt um, like particularly respected by a partner? Like what's like an action that, that like rang a bell in your head of like, oh, this is like a nice thing. When I was dating my most recent boyfriend, which again was ages ago, it was four Mm -hmm. years ago we broke up, but I, remember being in his house and you're watching Mad Men and just the spoiler if you haven't seen the last season but Betty Draper gets cancer and she's like gonna die basically Mm -hmm. and I just completely lost my shit and had a full-blown panic attack about my parents dying and Mm -hmm. I just remember that he was like so comforting and sweet and just like let me kind of feel what I was feeling and and he was just there for me and I felt like just very supported in that moment. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, it was like really sad, but yeah. also, you know, I, I, I got through it and I felt like, you know, just being there for someone. I mean, even in non-romantic relationships, like mm-hmm. when I lived in my old apartment, my friend, uh, well, my roommate Jake, who I dated previously, Mm-hmm. My friend, so we were, it was Halloween weekend and my friend passed away. And I remember I went out anyway, just like wanted to drink through the pain basically. And when I came home, I just was crying like harder than I'd ever cried in my life. And he just like laid in my bed and just held me until I was like, okay. Yeah. And it's like, those are things that you should be able to expect from someone that you're dating. So like hold those, hold people that you're dating to the same standard you would hold your friends to. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, it's going to weed out a lot of the people that don't respect you. Yeah. It sounds like vulnerability is like a really like core thing in, in 
the way that you go back or not go about romance, but like the way that romance reveals itself to you. Does that feel true? Absolutely. Because I am a Gemini and I'm just full of contradictions. <laughs> and one of the ones that I use as an example is like, I will go on stage and tell a room full of strangers, like very intimate details about my life. But yeah. then when I'm one-on-one with someone, I'm like, you have to move mountains to get me to like open up. And so yeah, being vulnerable, being vulnerable is a fear of mine because if someone rejects you after you've been vulnerable, they're not just rejecting the idea of you. They're also rejecting what you've kind of, you've let them in a little bit and now yeah. they're rejecting it. So it's like, and that happened that to you in high school, like, right? Who did you, who were you, you were yeah. vulnerable with someone who was it? Was it not Andy? Yeah. It's always happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's like systematic and, mm. and it happens to so many people. But for me, that's something that's just stuck with me so much. So I, it's, it's always top of mind for me when, you know, as an adult. Totally. I, I feel very similarly, but I also like know that deep down, like secretly or not so secretly, cause I like blab about on this fucking podcast, but like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like <laughs> truly dying for someone to like want like the vulnerable side of me, you know, like find that part of me, not even find Like, I don't even get to that part of my brain where it's like, oh yeah, find that attractive. It's just like, oh, just want to know, you know? Just like the idea of... And you will, I mean, and you will meet, you will get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully. Well, well, yes, we. it will happen at some point. Um, it will. But it is weird to like want something so bad, but then also when it's like there, you're like, um, actually, <laughs> here's a like 57 step process of getting me to be vulnerable with you. <laughs> I know, it's insane. Maybe I'm a Gemini. Just kidding. I think I have a Gemini something. I don't know anything about astrology. And I feel like well, I'll get kicked I don't, out I don't of New know York. much, but... <laughs> New Yorkers are like... Um, I don't know everything there is to know, but we... Yeah, it, it, it's worth looking into if you're curious. Wait, what? Say that again? I don't know everything about it, but I would say it is worth looking into if you're curious. Oh, well, I look into it whenever I have a new crush on someone. I'm like, okay, our compatibilities. Uh, <laughs> time yes, time to pretend yes. I know anything about anything. I'm like, oh, he's an Aquarius? Okay, looks like we're a good match. <laughs> then, like, looks like it's going to work. It's going like, to work out. Absolutely, it's fate. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's so, that's, that's, that. I, I love that though. I, th- I feel like that's a, I'm sure that's like a comedian trait, but like not to generalize, but like, I feel like that is a thing of like people who are funny, you know, like performers, whatever, like that vulnerability, like complex. Um, but, but it is nice. Yeah. To, it's to, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with. Yeah, totally. So, but you're, you're feeling now you, you, you said you've like done a lot of self-reflection on this. How are you feeling about romance now? Are you still like, um, you you still feel like a true romantic deep down, but just kind of like you've it's it, you feel like you've measured it out more or like what's what's your vibe romantically? I I still feel very much like a romantic and I have definitely had to like suppress that side of myself just in the name of like having new experiences and not putting too much like emphasis on them. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm getting closer to the person that I used to be, which was someone who, you know, takes risks and has a lot of love to give. And I, yeah, it's it's nice to find a balance where I'm not putting my heart out there all the time, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a good place right now. It's, it's so tiring. And I, I really do feel like I, I'm getting there and, and it's, you know, it's just about, I don't know, finding the comfortable spot where you feel like you're putting yourself out there enough, but not giving people so much power that they could, you know, in your life with like one sentence or lack of a sentence. Exactly. But it's so it's more exciting than it is scary for you at this point, though, like returning to that. Um, it's both. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like it is so with doing this podcast and like listening to people's stories and everything, it it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, God, we're so dramatic and we're so like, we're, everything's like life or death at that point. Like when we're younger and in terms of like love, but also what it, it is so nice to feel that 
intensely about something, you know, like it is a beautiful feeling just like mm, listening to my sad music and like, I care so much, you know, I know, I know. That's great though. I love, I love the idea of, um, returning to your classroom crushies sort of self, um, with, but with like the mature, the, the mature perspective of like a human being in the world. I love that. Mary Beth, this has been so great and enlightening and fun. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. It's, Before we I, close out, though. I'm really just. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tell me. I was just saying in my brain, it's crazy to think about all these questions I've had. It's like stressing me out. But it's also funny and fun to reflect. Oh, totally. I mean, and and the thing is, though, is like. I think it's so funny where it's like, oh, yeah, some these some of these people like we'll never see again or whatever. But like, no doubt we are like in each other's stories um, for life. You know, I might be exactly. like you. This one person might be so much more important to me than I ever was to them. But like, you never know, like because I've heard all know. sides of the stories too. like someone you've talked right. to like twice. And then they're like, I'm obsessed with you. And I'm talking about you on a podcast like 20 years later or whatever. You know, it's beautiful. Exactly. You just don't know. And now yeah. with the quarantine, it is basically high school again. It's basically high school. Truly. We're all in our little rooms dreaming of going out, but we're too young to go out. We're too young. Our parents won't let us. Yeah. I haven't gotten my fake ID yet. I'm still just like at home and I'm listening to Dashboard Confessional and just like wanting to talk to a boy about Dashboard Confessional. I'm like, can we go to the gig? We can't. And you know what? You're going to get to do that. I know you are. Oh my God. I'm dying. I'm dying to, for this quarantine to end. And I'm dying to go to a dashboard confessional show, um, with a boy or by myself. Honestly, I don't care with a boy by myself or with my dad. (laughs) Either way. way. You're going to get there. I know it. Oh my God. That, that means so much. Um, before we wrap up though, we usually like to talk about little, um, crush music do you have any like a song or or any bands or anything that you did mention a song earlier but like anything that specifically reminds you of like being angsty in love wallowing when you were younger do you have um your teen anthem what do you think yes there's a song well I have had a lot of songs associated with crushes but I remember there was a song on one of the now that's what I call music like earlier ones <laughs> and it's by so neat. I think it's S O N. Oh my God. Are you about to I say this song that I love? Wait, go on. I'm freaking out. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like, it's very techno-y and like, okay, can I play yeah, you that, what I think that that it is? Pretty, I wish you would. Okay. Um, cause I love this song. If it's the one I'm thinking of here, it is. Is it this? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> this song is so good. It's this, so good. It's a low-key banger. I think the verses suck, but I think the the chorus is one of the all-time best choruses of all time. <laughs> all-time best. I know. I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go listen to that song right now. It's called "It Feels So Good." By the way, by Sony. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. We got there. I definitely listened to this very loud, very young, and there's something so addictive about like um, sad, desperate song, but also you can dance the shit out of it. Oh my god! Oh hell yeah! That is the it's good the best of both worlds. Stuff. This is this does have that like desperate longing vibe, you know? Yes. Somehow. Yes. Incredible pick. Thank you, Mary Beth. <laughs> I'm Thank also going to listen to it and me. run around my tiny apartment. Um, what would Rock you like out, to plug? Girl. What would you like to, where do you want people to find you? Tell you them. You can find me at Mary Beth Barone on Instagram and Twitter. And you can follow Drag His Ass, which is my Instagram about my live show. And, you know, just be safe. Enjoy your quarantine. And, and I can't wait to see everyone on the other side. I love it. It's so nice talking to you. You too. Have a great one. And thanks for having me. See you online. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
That was Mary Beth. See you next time.